Well, welcome back to another edition of the Boilers Extra Podcast uh, as we wrap up uh, the uh, disappointing loss on uh, Friday night uh, to St. Peter's by Purdue 67-64. Purdue season comes to an end well short of where the players thought they would be, the coaching staff thought they would be. Uh, Obviously, the the fan base thought it would be. so they get knocked out in the Sweet 16 by the 15-seed St. Peter's, which doesn't look good on paper, but, you know, same team that beat Kentucky, same team that beat Murray State, which was 30-3. and um, And, you know, I'm going to get this out of the way at the start. If you think that Purdue didn't take this game seriously, you're you're wrong. They did. They did, they did take it seriously. They were focused on it. Um I think, but you know, w- with Purdue, I mean, it, it's you could picture throughout the season kind of how this year would end for them. Um, it was going to end in one of several ways. Um, it was going to end by turning the ball over, which they did uh, 15 times uh, in this game. Uh, it was going to end with missed free throws, which they didn't do in this game, or it was going to end with. Um, you know, a poor defensive performance, which it wasn't, you know, it wasn't great, but they haven't been great all year on defense, but it wasn't awful. Uh, I mean, they, they held St. Peter's to decent shooting percentage. Um, but, you know, they hit timely shots, and that's that's what happens. But the turnovers, you know, again, uh, and not that St. Peter's, scored a lot off those turnovers, but it took away scoring opportunities for Purdue. And that's the thing this year when you reflect on this season of why they didn't win the Big Ten regular season title, why they didn't win the Big Ten tournament, why they didn't go farther in the NCAA. It's it's all because of the turnovers and in part because of this team never um, put it together defensively. Uh, for for longer periods, although they were a little bit better down the stretch of the season. Um, overall, this was not what Purdue basketball is accustomed to seeing. But you you know, as as I've mentioned and written, and people have also talked about it, they've they 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 went all in on offense, and for a lot of games that that worked. Um, but overall, I think Purdue needs to get back to kind of who they are defensively. They didn't stop teaching defense. They they still used the same philosophies. They still used the same approach. It's just you didn't have enough buy-in defensively. And and that where that's where the problems have been most of the year on that side of the ball is you just didn't have enough buy-in. But speaking of defense, um, you can watch St. Peter's on TV and have an appreciation for how they play, but you watch them up close. Uh, that is a relentless and suffocating defensive team. They just are. Uh, you, you wonder how they lost 11 games. Um, you know, you just wonder teams like that that are, you know, lower seeded and don't have the greatest year it's like where where's where has this all been 
you know, that's a team that looks like it should be 30 and 1 or whatever. But, you know, that's why this NCAA tournament is just so, is just so random. I mean, you just, and, and that's how teams are judged. That's how coaches are judged is based on this random matchup that you have with a team. You know, Purdue probably would have been better off playing Kentucky, to be honest. Um, and again, Purdue took this game seriously. They had respect for them. I, I don't think you go into any NCAA tournament thinking you're going to walk over somebody. And I don't think that Purdue did that. I think that they got outplayed by a team that was more tough, tougher than they were, uh, especially on the defensive end, and played with no fear. I mean, that St. Peter's team played with absolutely no fear. It's the exact same way that you want Purdue to play. But Purdue did not play that way for a lot of the season. And if there's anything that Purdue can take out of this game, and apply to next season, it is they got to get back to playing the way that this program is designed defensively. Now that that's hard to do with the type of players that Matt Painter is recruiting right now. You know, this team this year was built more around offense, and it had a lot of skilled players offensively with Jade Nivey uh, and the bigs in the middle. Uh, and then your three-point shooters. Uh, but you just can't go out and just recruit defense. They, they do need some, some buy-in on the defensive side. But, you know, they need, they need leadership too on that side of the ball. And as you reflect back on this year, I do think they didn't have as strong as leadership as we've seen from other teams. And I don't think they, they stayed connected long enough during some games. Now, when they were connected on both ends of the floor, they were really good. But when they became unconnected is when things kind of, you know, went haywire on them. Um, and they had an opportunity tonight to stay connected. And to me, the key moment of this game, the key stretch of this game, is when Purdue got up 56 to 52. And St. Peter's misses on the other end. Purdue's got an opportunity now to stretch that to six points with under five minutes to go. And they have an empty possession. And then Stefanovic fouls uh, the three-point shooter. And he hits three. And that, to me, that opened the door for St. Peter's to, to go win the game. And... um uh, that to me, that was a turning point. That was a, the huge turning point. If Purdue goes up six there at that at that situation, doesn't mean they're going to go win the game. But I, I do think they kind of they they slowly start to take take control at that at that point. And uh, but it didn't happen, and Purdue didn't seize that opportunity. And then St. Peter's did, and ended up winning the game and pulling another huge upset uh in this NCAA tournament. You know, it was it was like a road game for Purdue because the whole arena other than the Purdue fans were rooting for St. Peter's. Uh I would tell the North Carolina fans that be careful what you wish for uh, on Sunday because now you got to play that team. 
And that team is, you know, if they bring the same energy and intensity that they brought tonight and what they brought in the first two rounds of the tournament, uh, they're going to be a hard out. They just are. They're just going to be a hard team to knock out. Uh, they have, they have okay shooters offensively. They're just, they're just kind of there. Um, they have, they have some guys that can score and get to the line, but they're, they're, they're made, they're made defensively. And, and Purdue has faced tough defenses most of the year, the Big Ten. But, you know, I would say that none of them, or very few of them, did what St. Peter's did to Purdue, uh, tonight. I mean, Purdue started 0 and 9 from three point range, uh, finished 1 of 12 in the second half, um, from three point range. Um, the, the only one they hit was the one that Jade Knight hit at the end. And, you know, he got a decent look to try to tie the game. I thought I had a chance to go in, but didn't, it, it just wasn't meant to be. And, you know, Jaden didn't have a good game. He did not have a good game. He was, he was out of it. Um, and I think their defense took him out of it. Um, you know, he was making passes to, to places that there were no players. Uh, he got sped up, if that's possible. Uh, he played, you know, he, he played, you know, I, I don't want to say, I mean, he just, he just did not play well. I mean, he just, he was trying to do things that were not there. And that's been one of his biggest issues, uh, this year is, you know, instead of doing things the simple way, he tries to make it hard on himself and, you know, he tries to take on the world uh, on a lot of possessions. And there were times they needed him to, needed him to do that. But, um, in the end, he, you know, that's why Painter sat him for the last 346 of the first half was kind of like to settle him down. He seemed, he seemed rattled. Um, he seemed frustrated. Uh, he seemed just not what we've been accustomed to seeing from Jaden Ivey. Uh, this year, and that's unfortunate because, as you all know, this is this was his last game at Purdue. He hasn't made an official announcement, but he's going to the NBA. Uh, he's going to be a lottery pick, and he's going to make a lot of money. Uh, it's just unfortunate that this this is the lasting memory that Purdue fans will have of him playing in a game. Now, when he comes back, when they honor their former players, he'll get a loud ovation and he's done a lot for the program. He's done a lot to, to raise the profile of the program. He's a first and second team all American. He's got the skill. He's got the talent. He, he's got all that, but also know he's a competitor and this is going to eat at him, uh, for a long time because this is not the lasting memory that he wanted to leave, uh, Purdue fans with. Um, he preferred to play another game Sunday and, and and make up for that, but that's not going to happen. That's not the way this thing works. Uh, but anyway, he did not have a great game when Purdue needed him to have a great game. But Purdue also had has other options that they can go to, and you know Travion Williams carried him through stretches of the second half. You know Zach Eady got off to a good start, but then he had turnover problems. Um, you know just the way St. Peter's plays defense, they swarm. You know they were very quick to the ball. Um, and they're physical and they got up in Purdue. They got up in their grill. Um, you know, the press, I don't think really bothered Purdue, but there were, there was a stretch there in the second half 
to start the second half where Purdue was completely, I mean, completely lost on offense. And that's something we haven't seen at all this year. Uh, they were starting their offense really high near the half-court line. Uh, there was one possession that they got a shot clock violation and didn't even get a, I mean, they got a shot off, but it was an air ball. Um, so St. Peter's did things to them that other teams have not done for that long a period of time. And Purdue did not handle it well. They just did not handle it uh, the way they needed to handle it. And I, I think it's a hard defense to simulate in practice. I mean, we you talk about how does St. Peter's simulate Zach Eady. Well, you know, the question maybe should have been how does Purdue simulate that defense, uh, that swarming, aggressive, uh, in-your-face type of defense that can take take teams out of their rhythm, you know, make things uh, really difficult. Never thought Purdue got comfortable on offense. I think early on they were, they were a little bit. But once they started missing and St. Peter's kind of got back in the game, you know, there were a couple moments there where Purdue had an opportunity to stretch it out into the first half. Um, you know, they got up six, and then they had a foul to give at the end, but, you know, elected not to foul. So it's a four-point game at half. And then, um, obviously, as I mentioned, 56-52 had a chance to get it to six again. Um, and, you know, the wheels came off. Uh, that, at, at that point. Um, so it's the end of the year, end of the season. It ended sooner than, you know, a lot of us thought. Uh, so I guess the question becomes, how do you, how do you view this season? How should this season be viewed, uh, in the big picture? Well, they didn't win a Big Ten regular season title. They didn't win the tournament title. Uh, they got knocked out in the Sweet 16. Um, you can use the word disappointment. Um, you can use the word underachieve. Um, there's a lot of words you can use, uh, to describe the season, but the bottom line is they didn't do what they set out to do. Uh, and they, they openly talked about what they could do. Um, this, you know, this team probably is one of the most talented teams individually that Purdue has had in a long time. When you look at, at the roster, not just the starters, but um, the whole roster, and it just you know, there were there were nights where it worked really well. There were other nights it didn't. Um, so, but at you know at the end they didn't they didn't get to where they wanted to be, and you know a lot of teams set out that way. You know they had a decent, you know, they, had a, they had a good regular season, but it didn't result in a championship. They had a good Big Ten tournament, but you know it, it didn't end with a championship. You know they played well in their first two games of the NCAA tournament, but it didn't get them past the Sweet 16. But there's a common theme in all that, and that's their turnovers. Uh, you know, as as I said at the beginning, their turnovers killed them, and that has to be the number one issue. For, for, who, for who's ever coming back, whoever will be with the program, is they've got to get better play in that area. And the turnovers usually came from a lot of places, not just one, even though Ivy and Edie had 11 combined tonight. Um, but usually they're spread, they're spread out. And on most nights, Purdue's offense was able to overcome, you know, the turnovers or 
uh, overcome its uh, deficiencies on defense, but couldn't do that tonight. Just you can't do that in a tournament. Um, maybe the expectations were too high. Um, you know, there's a lot of things you can point to, but you know, the bottom line is that Painter's not going anywhere. And if you're expecting me to write or say that they should make a coaching change or all that stuff, you're nuts. I'm not doing it because I don't believe it. I don't believe it. You can believe it if you want. And I know there's people out there that want to believe it and want to, want to, want to pump that narrative and, um, all that kind of stuff. And you're entitled to your opinion and I respect it, but you know, I'm not going to write that because I don't believe it. I don't believe it. I think, you know, Painter's perfect for Purdue. Um, he's recruiting well. Um, they just got to figure out a way to get past. They got to figure out a way to get to get to the final four. They just do. And yeah, I, I know somebody on Twitter put that, you know, how's come Purdue keeps losing at this point? Well, you know, in 2019, it wasn't this point. They got beat, you know, on a freak play in 2019 or they would have been in the final four in, in 2019. But, you know, Virginia, you know, stole that moment from Purdue and went on to win uh, the national championship. Uh, so Purdue has been there recently. You know, it's not like this is a 20-year situation where Purdue hasn't been on the doorstep of the Final Four. They have. They've been there. They just, you know, they, you know, but we all thought that this would be the team that would, that would, that would potentially get there. And the bracket did open up for them. I mean, there's no question about that. They're, they were, they, they got the path that they needed to get. Um, you know, they played a Yale team that just could not handle their size. You know, Texas really couldn't handle their size. Um, and then, you know, St. Peter's beats Kentucky. They beat Murray State. So, you know, it had, it, you know, it did open up for them a little bit. Then even, you know, with North Carolina winning the second game, you, 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 you take your chances there, uh, in that situation. You beat North Carolina once in Connecticut. Um, different team, obviously, than uh, compared to then. Uh, but, you know, the bracket did open up for Purdue, and it didn't, you know, didn't take advantage of it. It is plain and simple, did not take advantage of, of the situation. But I think you, I think you have to walk out of this game and this tournament having a, you know, a decent amount of respect for what St. Peter's has done, uh, in their, in the, you know, in these three games. Can they do it one more time and get to the final four? I'm not going to say no. Um, but, you know, they, it's, it's a team that, you know, that's, that's just the randomness of this tournament. It really, this really is. You just, um, you, you just don't know. And you have, you know, and I, I do think St. Peter's had a lot to do with Purdue having a bad night. Um, now there were some unforced turnovers that you just don't that that we've seen from Purdue, but you know, you you've got to. I think I just think St. Peter's made Purdue really uncomfortable, and it showed, and uh, they end up, you know, winning the game. So Purdue finishes the season, twenty nine wins, but no championships to to go with it. Um, you know, last game for. For Travion Williams, Sasha Stefanovic, Eric Hunter Jr., and 99.9% last game for Jaden Ivey, who's, who's going to be off to the NBA and make millions of dollars. So Purdue's going to have a different kind of team next year, and but 
they've got some they've got some good returning players. Uh, they'll be active. I'm pretty sure they will be active in the portal. Uh, need some help at point guard. Uh, that that would probably be priority number one. Uh, I do think, and I don't know this for 100%, but I do think Zach Eady will return. Um, and then you've got uh, William Byrd coming in as a possible backup center there, but that may not stop Purdue from looking looking in the portal for another big man. Um, you know, you look at the, the guys that played this year that would be returning. You know, Painter said he wants all those guys back. He wants them all to return. But that doesn't mean that you won't have a defection or two. And um, But when you look at, you know, Caleb Burst, who's going to play a different kind of role next year, probably play a little bit of five along with four, along with the four position, and he's able to step out um, and hit some threes. Uh, you know, Mason Gillis is back at the at the four position. Uh, um, you'll have Isaiah Thompson back at, at, at a guard spot. You'll have Ethan Morton, who can play a lot of different positions. Brandon Newman would probably be a little bit of a question mark, but if Brandon Newman sees the opportunity that's in front of him, um, there's no really reason to go anywhere else. I mean, he, he'll have an opportunity to play a lot next year if he, you know, if he does the right things, if he does everything that he needs to do, he'll have an opportunity to play. Um, so, you know, then, you know, Trey Kaufman Wren will be uh, a newcomer. He's redshirting this year, but, you know, he's going to have a big impact uh, on on next year's team. And you can have him and first playing together, him and Gillis playing together, him and a lot of different combinations uh, playing together. But I, I do think Purdue will be active in the portal, and I do think you'll see some newcomers there um, coming in uh, to help. And it's just the way it works, just the way of the world. And, you know, they probably need to, you know, find a, uh, a Jay Nivey type player that can uh, come in and fill that role as well. So Purdue could have a couple of newcomers come in and, uh, make an impact. So, um, you know, next year's team obviously will be different. It'll have, still have the bigs, but it won't have the kind of bigs that, you know, we've, we've used, to, we're used to seeing the last couple of years. So that's going to, that's going to be different, but Purdue's going to have to play a different way. Players are going to have to, you know, Zach E's going to have to play more minutes and he's got to learn to play in different styles of games. And there were certain styles of games this year that he didn't, he wasn't comfortable in. But, you know, I think the experience and he's going to play more minutes, which means potentially he'll be more comfortable, uh, and more productive, uh, in those minutes. And, uh, you know, has a chance to to really have a a special season, and depending on who comes back in the Big Ten, could be Big Ten preseason player of the year. Um, but there's a lot of things to shake out between now and now and then, and a lot of movement going on. But yeah, I mean, I I I I, I know that uh, all the Purdue fans uh, that would listen to this are disappointed and what happened or what didn't happen this year. And, uh, you know, I, I get it. I understand it. Uh, but you know, the program is doing things the right way. Um, they, they have upgraded the talent over the years, over the last few years, you know, you're, you're seeing, you know, it's similar to coming out of the 2019 season where you had Stefanovic and Hunter and Williams 
were, were playing limited roles, but then had to had to blossom into bigger roles. And I think that's what's going to happen with the guys that are coming back with Ethan Morton and Brandon Newman and Caleb Burst and and, and those kind of players where uh, they're going to have to take on bigger roles and uh, and eventually they you know they're going to get there. And you know I think Ethan Morton really has a chance to to be somebody special. Uh, in his own way with his versatility and the way that he can defend and his ability to pass. Um, I mean, he's just, again, a lot of these guys are going to get better with, better with longer minutes on the floor too. You know, you're playing a role coming off the bench and that's, it's hard to do, but, uh, it's, uh, you know, it's just one of those things where you just have to develop and, um, you know, See, kind of see how this thing uh, plays out. Now, next year won't have the expectation, won't have the the hype uh, going into the year. But you know, Purdue's goal is always going to be get to the NCAA tournament and you know and can and compete and challenge for the Big Ten. And I, next year is not going to be any different. But uh, to kind of put a final bow on uh, on this year, you know, a lot of wins, but not just not enough, just not enough wins to. To get, get, to get a championship and to get something, uh, like that out of this season. And, um, and, you know, and that again is a little disappointing that this team did not, uh, win, win a championship in, of any kind other than the, the tournament in, in Connecticut back in November when they beat North Carolina, uh, in Villanova and, you know, Purdue, you know, Villanova and North Carolina obviously could end up in the final four. Uh, by the time this weekend is over. Well, we uh, appreciate you stopping by, uh, listening, and appreciate your support. Uh, don't know when we'll be back with another uh, podcast, probably sometime as we get closer to the end of spring ball to kind of wrap up what's going there, going on there. But anyway, plenty of coverage on jconline.com if, uh, if that's what you want to do. And then we'll dive into spring football coming up this next week, uh, kind of, get a gauge where Jeff Pro, Jeff Brown's program is at and then some you know wrap up stuff on basketball and looking ahead to you know basketball what what's going to come next year and, and 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 things like that so uh feel free to check out JC online when you can and then hopefully we'll get some some new content up there and uh push this thing forward through the spring uh and the summer again appreciate you stopping by and uh, have a good day